Hi, this is Maddie Rose, host of The Fame Game, and this is Our Future is Missing. Please be on the lookout for Lauren Spirer. She is 20 years old and went missing from Bloomington, Indiana, June 3rd, 2011 at 4.30 a.m. She is Caucasian, 4'11", 95 pounds, with blue eyes and blonde hair. She was wearing a white tank top, a white button-down shirt, and full-length black spandex pants. If you know of Lauren's whereabouts, please contact the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children's Hotline, 1-800-THE-LOST or 1-800-843-5678. To see a picture of Lauren, please click on the link on the Voice America homepage, Our Future is Missing, or go to ourfutureismissing.com. Thank you. Yo, what's up, y'all? It's your boy Jacob Lattimore with a question from my fans on Voice America Kids. Do you have what it takes to be America's next young superstar? If you're the ages between 8 and 12 years old, then step up to the microphone. You could win $25,000 in cash, a recording contract, and a scholarship. So make sure you get your parents' permission first, then go to www.stepuptothemicrophone.com to enter. Peace. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are all of your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Today we will be talking with Steve Ann Auerbach, also known as Dr. Toy, about her new app. We will also be reviewing the films A Mile in His Shoes and Bedknobs and Broomsticks. Plus, we will be talking with this year's film critic finalist, Blake Hawes. So right now, we are talking with Steve Ann, also known as Dr. Toy, about her app. And Gabriella from New York will be taking over the interview. So go ahead, Gabby. Hi, I'm Gabriella Chu for Kids First, and today I have here with me Steven Auerbach, also known as Dr. Toy, who has received a PhD in child development and has written 15 books. She's an educator and has had 30 years of experience with children's toys, and she is a native New Yorker, which is also where I live. So how are you doing today, Dr. Toy? Hi, Gabby. I'm great, and it's wonderful to play with you, and I would like to add I'm also a playful grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm very interested in the whole issue of toys and play, and that's what I've been doing for a very long time. So what sparked your interest in toys for children? Well, that's a good question, and it started really as a teacher because working with children, especially young children, preschool, um, play is the way children learn best. I'm sure that when you play games or activities that are fun, you are learning and you're having a great time, but you're also learning a lot. So I realized that that was a very important way to help kids learn. And so I started looking at educational toys that help children learn skills and have fun. And uh, it's everything from building blocks to games to puzzles and whatever else you enjoy, like creativity and crayons and hula hoops and frisbees and all that type of thing. So 
It's the whole range of everything that kids like from all ages, from baby to older kids. And mm -hmm. of course, activities that you like to do with your parents and with teachers and with um, other adults. So uh, games and things that you can do that are fun. Yeah, I was also wondering how toys can be helpful to kids specifically. Like how do toys affect the brain during early childhood development? Okay, that's another very good question because the more research has been going on over the years. I, I knew a lot about this just by observing children and watching attention and focus, but there's been more and more research that's been going on to confirm that parts of the brain light up when you are engaged and you are fully developing your mind and your uh, in, in, intuition, your uh, curiosity, your creativity, and they're all different parts of the brain that get stimulated. So the more you do play, the more um, not only intelligent, but what I call PQ, play quotient, you get to be more and high, a higher person, a person who can play more and be more playful. So that might be doing puppets while you're reading or doing a little dramatization or doing math puzzles or games, whatever you like to do, it's following your interest, including music and art. It's the whole range of everything that kids like to do. Wow, I didn't know that before. So um, I heard you talking about play quotient and I hear it is also kind of similar to IQ and it's how well a, a kid can play with the toy. But I was wondering if you could expand more on that. Yes, well, that I when I was looking at um, the whole idea of IQ, it's somehow it involves a lot of skills that you are able to um, do well in tests and able to focus. But a person who has a high play quotient, a PQ, is something that I've developed in my book, which is called Smart Play, Smart Toys: How to Raise a Child with a High PQ. And the whole idea is that the more you play, the more playful you are. And this goes for adults too. You know, the um, spontaneity and having fun and being able to um, enjoy playing games or being able to explore creativity and all of these things are skills that last you a lifetime. So I'm interested in building those skills from the earliest days, from baby through um, adults. And that's the whole idea behind Play Quotient. So that's the idea behind the book. And it's certainly the idea behind the website, which is drtoy.com. We were the first website on the internet to offer information on toys. And when I started, nobody knew what links were. And, you know, we've come a long way because I can remember radio even before television. <laughs> <laughs> the, the other is that, um, uh, we have also the app. So these are new opportunities for parents and teachers to learn more about a wide variety of toys that are available throughout the world. You're listening to Voice America Kids Network. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and today we are talking with Dr. Toy, reviewing a mile in his shoes and bed knobs and broomsticks. Also, we are talking with our special Kids First critic, Blake Hughes. So right now we're going to continue with our interview with Dr. Toy. So go ahead, Gabby. 
So I heard you talking about apps, and I just downloaded your new app, Dr. Toy's Best Gift Guide. Um, what, what inspired you to create it? Well, uh, for one, it might interest some kids in knowing what things that they might like to play with. It might help their parents to find the products that might be companies that they've never heard of that might not be available at their local toy store because there's a limit to shelf space. And uh, a lot of things are possible on the internet and now with apps you can provide information that um, you couldn't have before. But before I talk about anything else, Gabby, I'm interested in what was your favorite toy or what is the type of toy that you like to play with or that you, you played with? Um, well, when I was a kid, I used to play chess and um, I also had um, some of these logic metal games like um, I don't know if you've seen them before. You probably have, but they're like a puzzle, like um, two pieces of metal are stuck together together but um they're like intricate pieces so you have to use your brain and try to pull them apart but it takes kind of a long time it takes time to do it well it sounds yeah. to me like you really like to think about things and chess is a very good strategy game and a lot of schools are now introducing chess as a way to help kids with math and learning strategy and logic so this is a terrific um, activity and again a game that you can play through your adult life you know into um, you know, at any time you can play with people who like to play chess so it's it's wonderful that you've developed that and of course puzzles are great and I'm in touch with people who make puzzles all over the world and we just um, uh, made in contact with someone who's setting up an exhibit in, of puzzles to go to China um, there's some old, oh, wow. old puzzles that have been uh, on exhibit and they sent me a copy of their book and they uh, had an exhibit in San Francisco not long ago and we're in contact. So I'm letting other people know about puzzles. So there are thousands of wonderful puzzles, not just metal, but wood and paper and all different types of puzzles that have been made over the, you know, for centuries. <laughs> it's really fascinating just like um, a lot of other things like dolls or cars or trains, you know, no matter what your interest, uh, there's a toy that can be of interest to you. I see. And on your app, you recommend many toys besides buzz puzzles, but um, what factors do you input in deciding whether a toy is good? Well, for one, I want to be sure it's a quality product. It has to be worth the price. It has to provide play value. It has to be something that's appropriate for the child's age. So if we're talking about a baby, it has to have safety uh, standards. You know, it has to meet the standards and meet consumer product safety standards. If it's um, a toddler toy, it has to engage them and not be too complicated. Uh, so every age has a different set of criteria. So I look for products that cover everything from baby to older kids and to adults. And so in each category, I'm looking for something challenging, interesting, fun, and most of all, something you can play with. And then you would have, you, you feel that when you buy it, it's worth the money. And also, I just want to point out that um, there are two things. One, that you don't have to spend a lot of money to have fun, and you can use toys, and you can make toys. There's lots of books on how to make toys. And also today, I just read that the Pediatrics Association 
uh, the AAP, the American Association of Pediatrics, just come out with a very big important statement about the importance of play. And I'm so happy to see that because they are now making the point how important it is that um, children play to stay healthy and to be in good shape and to have a good, you know, learn a lot. So this is very helpful. The app is wonderful. You can learn more on the website and uh, the book is available in 12 countries. And we are uh, just starting out again this new year, looking for um, some interesting toys. So if kids are listening out there and have a toy that's their favorite, they can write to Dr. Toy and let us know what, what you like. Thank you for your time today, Stephen Auerbach. And speaking about the positive impact of toys during early childhood, I think we've all learned a lot from you today. If you want to find out more about Dr. Toy, check out her website on drtoy.com. I am Gabriella Chu for Kids First. Bye. Bye, Debbie. Thank you. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. This year's Kids First Film Critics Search Campaign launches September 1st and runs through the end of November. Kids ages 6 to 14 can enter for a chance to compete for eight coveted slots as Kids First Film Critics. To enter, kids need to submit a videotaped review of one of the official search campaign films or DVDs. Public voting determines the 20 finalists, and a panel of celebrity judges determines the winners. Last year, more than 11 million votes were cast for fewer than 100 contestants. To date, some of the exciting assignments covered by the Kids First Film Critics include a week-long film critics boot camp at the Walt Disney Studios, the red carpet premiere of Winnie the Pooh, sneak preview coverage of films like Cars 2, Judy Moody, and The Not Bummer Summer, with coverage on AOL Kids, Voice America Kids, and Working Mother. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org or on the Kids First Facebook page. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org or the Kids First Facebook page. And hurry, you only have until the end of November to enter. Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the Fame Game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the Fame Game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. The Terrence Rogers Show will take the world by storm. The topics are sometimes newsworthy, sometimes personal, as we explore fashion, entertainment, art, and more. Host Terrence Rogers has seen a lot of life experience in his few years of life. It's this experience that allows him to bring a fresh perspective to the table, and he holds nothing back. Tune in to The Terrence Rogers Show every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Kids channel. You'll laugh, cry, and most importantly, this show will reach out and touch your life. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn your phone off. 
another movie is coming up. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. Let's discuss the fantastic movie called A Mile in His Shoes with Sam Sam Conan from Santa Fe, New Mexico. So how are you doing today, Sam? I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm great. So we both saw this movie, and, you know, I thought it was pretty good. It put out a really great message, and it had some great potential. But before we get into some more of the details about the movie, why don't you just tell the audience a little bit about the plot of the story? Uh, Well, it's about uh, a farm boy who is um, autistic and has Asperger's, and he is incredible at uh, throwing apples, Mm -hmm. and he feeds the pigs by throwing apples into a a pan and smashing them, Uh and so a baseball coach sees him doing this, and he has him try it with And the baseball coach has the kid try it with a real baseball, and the ball goes straight through the pan. Mm -hmm. Anyways, uh, so this guy, uh, so the the baseball coach recruits him to um, the semi-professional team, the River Rats. And it's about uh, just how uh, Mickey, as the kid's name is, uh, how he uh, tries to figure out how to function in society, you know, out with uh, other people and Mm -hmm. his challenges. Yeah, I thought the movie was pretty good, and I think it was actually really funny when, you know, he didn't, like, know much about baseball, any of the rules, like, he hardly even knew what it was, and he had this amazing pitcher's arm, and he was just, like, smashing these apples by throwing them into this pan, and he had, like, perfect form and everything, and I thought it was actually hilarious when he got the, um, the baseball and he threw it and it just went straight through the pan it was so funny it, it was like it was like a hot knife to butter it was incredible yeah it was it was hilarious it just like broke right through i was like wow not expecting that so <laughs> no. sam why don't you tell me a little bit about your initial thoughts of the film and what you think of it uh, well as i said in my review uh, my dad and i were both sitting there before the movie thinking oh please don't be as bad as we think it's going to be but that was not that was not appropriate of us because it was actually a very good movie and we didn't know anything about it uh but it's 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 it, it was very good. I mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. And one thing that I really liked about it was that they uh, they showed. I don't know if this is accurate or not, but they sh- showed the way that uh, things look through somebody with um, through the eyes of someone with um, Asperger's, mm-hmm. and uh, how you know things were vibrating all over the place, and just how hard it would be to look around and comprehend what's going on, much less what to do. Yeah, they did show that. I thought it was cool because they would have um, little flashes where Mickey would start having flashbacks um, when he would be playing baseball. And there would be a lot of noise because the crowd was cheering and he didn't understand why they were yelling. Like he he couldn't decipher the fact that they were cheering for him. He thought they were yelling at him. And then he kept having flashbacks of when he was younger and like his parents and things like that. And so the way that they portrayed like what he was going through when he was having those flashes of like not knowing what was going on, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, but one thing in particular was um, the scene when he first walked out onto the field and uh, people are just doing warm-ups and such. And he sees like a triple vision of everything and everything's shaking yeah. all over the place. That it, it's... It's interesting to see things through another person's eyes. 
Yeah, it made you relate to the story more and sort of understand on a deeper level what this kid was going through and like how difficult it was for him. He had never really left the farm. He didn't know a lot about like the real world and what was going on. So, you know, all all he really knew about was to relate to him. Yeah, all he really knew about was smashing apples. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, very well said. Um, So back to the. Oh, go ahead. Uh, one of the things that he said that I found uh, the most amusing was uh, so Pee Wee, who is one of the base- other baseball players who um, uh, Mickey ends up staying with. Uh, so Pee Wee says to Mickey, uh, you know, everybody's in that picture. And he responds, everybody? Yeah, everyone. Then who took, then who took the picture? Oh, yeah, I thought that was really funny. He was just he, he was so innocent and naive. And, yeah, you know, yeah. like he took things, like, he took everything before, literally. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He took everything literally. It was hilarious. So back to um, the initial thoughts of the film. I thought that this film had so much potential, but I didn't think like and it was and it was executed very nicely through the cinematography and portraying, you know, what Mickey was going through and through the music and the, the sets and everything. But I didn't think that the acting did the plot of the story justice. I thought that this film could have been so amazing if the acting would have just stepped it up a notch because it had such great potential for morals and you know a great storyline, but I didn't think that the characters met their expectations, in my opinion. You're listening well, to Voice America Kids Network. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and today we are reviewing A Mile in His Shoes, Bedknobs and Broomsticks, and we are also talking with our special guest critic, Blake Hawes. So right now we are reviewing the film A Mile in His Shoes, and I was just talking about how I thought this film could have been so fantastic and absolutely amazing, but the acting didn't really meet my expectations. Well, I'd have to disagree with you because um, uh, the guy who played uh, Mickey, his uh, name is um, uh, oh, Luke Schroeder. Luke Schroeder. Uh, Luke Schroeder. He did such an amazing job playing this, as you said before, very innocent character. And I really think that the acting, it wasn't, it wasn't big acting. It was very subtle in mm-hmm. that, like, um, uh, the coach, for instance, uh, when he was talking about his son. Uh, it was, it was, it was a subtle sort sort of brilliance, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Well, see, I thought that um, Mickey and the coach they were the best characters because I actually did think that they did an amazing job. Um, you know, Dean Kane he did a fantastic job as being the coach. You know, Coach Murph. And um, I thought his acting was fantastic. And like you said before, the subtlety in the characters' emotions and facial expressions really did everything justice. But then I thought um, Mickey's parents weren't, I don't know, it just, there was something about it that bothered me. And they seemed sort of stale and very scripted. And it wasn't like they put a lot of feeling into their characters. And same with some of the other people on the football team. I mean, sorry, baseball team and some of the other people um, that interacted with Mickey or that interacted with the coach. They didn't seem like they put a lot of effort into the acting. And I think that if there would have just been a tiny bit more of emotion in the characters and in the actors, it could have been so much better. Well, I agree with you that a lot of characters, uh, for instance, uh, the um, uh, lefty, lefty, the other pitcher on the River Rats, he wasn't he was a very two-dimensional character yeah yeah but i have to say i disagree with you on um 
uh, Mickey's parents because I think that the idea was that they were supposed to be kind of stale and very stiff and, you know, the father has his ideas and he's not going to leave those ideas no matter what mm-hmm. anybody says. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I can understand where you're coming from. And I do agree that it was good that he was being stale and, you know, very stubborn almost with his opinions. I just think he could have done a little bit better on portraying that that was what he was trying to get at instead of just like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to talk in monotone and blah, blah, blah. Um, so another question for you is what do you think the age group for this film should be? Well, there is a lot of talking. Actually, mm-hmm. it's mostly talking. Um, and there is a bit of violence, not very much violence, but a little bit. So I don't know. I'd have to say uh, any age if they're willing to sit through a lot of talking. Mm-hmm. I watched this um, with my mom. And she thought it was really good, and she uh, thought it was very inspiring, and it was a really good movie. She loved the acting, you know, she loved everything about it. And then I thought it was very entertaining as well. Like I said, the only thing, like really the only thing that I didn't like about it was some of the acting, but otherwise it was very good. And then I also watched it with my little brother, who's seven, and in the beginning he was sort of bored, and like he didn't really understand Um, what was going on and he didn't understand a lot about like autism and that disease and stuff but then when he started watching it more he got really into it and he loved the sports scenes when they were playing and he loved watching Mickey throw apples and so I think that this film would probably be good for ages 10 and up but then if you're younger and like Sam said if you're willing to sit through that I think it would be pretty good. Uh, Well I just want to make a quick comment so that we don't offend any of our listeners Autism isn't actually a disease. It's a it's a, it's a disorder. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it big difference. Can't catch <laughs> autism. Yes, I know. Anyways, um, um, but yes, I agree with you. Ten and up. That that sounds about right. Mm-hmm. Um. So, Sam, how many stars do you think you would give this film on a scale of one to five, and why would you give it that many? Well. Personally, anyways, I really, really love this movie. I thought it was wonderful. I think that this is going to be a, uh, a be a classic. And so I gave it a five in my review, and I'm sticking by that. I think five stars is a fantastic rating. Well, it looks like we're out of time. Sam, thank you so much for telling me and our viewers all about your opinion of A Mile in His Shoes. Let's take a break. I'm Raven Devaney from Kids First Coming Attractions, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. See ya. Yo, what's up, y'all? It's your boy, Jacob Lattimore, with a question from my fans on Voice America Kids. Do you have what it takes to be America's next young superstar? If you're the age of between 8 and 12 years old, then step up to the microphone. You could win $25,000 in cash, a recording contract, and a scholarship. So make sure you get your parents' permission first, then go to www.stepuptothemicrophone.com to enter. Peace. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. This year's Kids First Film Critics Search Campaign launches September 1st and runs through the end of November. Kids ages 6 to 14 can enter for a chance to compete for eight coveted slots as Kids First Film Critics. To enter, kids need to submit a videotaped review of one of the official search campaign films or DVDs. 
Public voting determines the 20 finalists, and a panel of celebrity judges determines the winners. Last year, more than 11 million votes were cast for fewer than 100 contestants. To date, some of the exciting assignments covered by the Kids First film critics include a week-long film critics boot camp at the Walt Disney Studios, the red carpet premiere of Winnie the Pooh, sneak preview coverage of films like Cars 2, Judy Moody, and The Not Bummer Summer, with coverage on AOL Kids, Voice America Kids, and Working Mother. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org or on the Kids First Facebook page. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org or the Kids First Facebook page. And hurry, you only have until the end of November to enter. Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the fame game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the fame game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. The Terrence Rogers Show will take the world by storm. The topics are sometimes newsworthy, sometimes personal, as we explore fashion, entertainment, art, and more. Host Terrence Rogers has seen a lot of life experience in his few years of life. It's this experience that allows him to bring a fresh perspective to the table, and he holds nothing back. Tune in to The Terrence Rogers Show every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Kids channel. You'll laugh, cry, and most importantly, this show will reach out and touch your life. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another movie is coming up. the classic 1971 film Bedknobs and Broomsticks and so I'll be talking about that with Sam. So this film is about three children who are sent from London during the war to go live in the countryside with their host mother named Miss Price and she just so happens to be a level one apprentice witch in training. So her and the kids go on some crazy adventures all around to these magical lands with the help of a flying bed and an enchanted bedknob. Hmm. That seems like a very interesting movie. So, uh, which war is this based during? Uh, one or two? I think it's World War II. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, necessarily specify on that. It's with like yeah, that there's a ton of Nazis in it, and it's pretty. Intense. Oh, yep, Nazis. World War II. <laughs> yeah, World War II. Um, and I remember watching this when I was a lot younger. I remember going over to my grandma's house and watching it. And something that stuck with me the most about this film is the cinematography because, you know, back then they didn't have like very good special effects and cinematography and CGI and things like that. So what they did for some of the special effects and when they go to the magical lands, they mix um, cartoon animation with live action and it gives it such a fun, whimsical effect, which is really entertaining. Oh, cool. Cool. Sort of like um, uh, sort of like the Velveteen Rabbit. 
yeah, yeah, exactly like the Velveteen Rabbit. They do this thing where um, my favorite scene actually is when, well, one of my favorite scenes, I have a ton, but all of the kids and um, Miss Price and then this other magician that they meet along the way, they go to the ocean floor under this magic land and the ocean and all of the fish and characters, they're all cartoon, but then the bed and then um, the rest of the characters, like the little kids, they're all live action. And so it gives it a really cool effect. Huh, cool. So, so uh, what year was this made in again? It was made in 1971. And so you, it, you think it'll still, it, it still holds, um, it still uh, has a popular sort of feel about it. Uh, do you think this is still something that, that kids today could relate to? Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, I don't know if you could necessarily relate to it because I'm pretty sure none of the kids in America today have been sent away because their houses are being bombed. So that's not something that we could necessarily relate to. But then also um, what's relatable about it is just it's really fun. And I watched it with my mom and my brother and they both loved it. And my brother thought it was super fun and really cute. He liked watching the cartoons and he liked watching um, all of the dancing and the funny special effects where the people are flying around on the on the flying bed. And um, my mom liked it because, you know, one of her favorite actors when she, actresses when she was growing up was Angela Lansbury, and she actually stars in this film, so it was really cool. Oh, cool. So um, what what do you think your uh, favorite magical land was and why? Okay, so I think my favorite magical land, well, there was one land, but they visited a lot of different parts of it. And gosh, I think probably my favorite part of the magical land was the underwater scenes um, because they just had like these fish swimming around and then they sing this really cool song and there's like the bubbles and it's all cartoon and it reminded me a lot of The Little Mermaid, which was like my all time favorite princess movie when I was younger. And um I think it's cool because they do this thing where they're flying around underwater and swimming and it's really cool. And um, they do that with these cables. And I thought it was cool how they use that instead of these insane special effects with green screens. So that was pretty cool. Cool. So um, what about uh, the music? Do you, do you think this is, this is like good music that, that you just want to listen to like some of the Disney m- music? Well, I wouldn't necessarily download the music onto my iPod because it's very classic, you know, being from 71, but it's very suiting to the scenes and they have the right sort of suspenseful music when the kids are finding out that their host mother is a witch and there's also really good songs and musical numbers in it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean like the musical numbers. mm -hmm. I think my my favorite musical number would definitely have to be when the whole cast sings Portobello Road because they go to this place and it's basically singing about like, even if you're super poor, when you're on Portobello Road, you feel like a king. And so it was really cool. And they do these funny dances and it's a very, very long musical number, but it was still really funny and really cool. Oh, cool. So uh, what rating do you think you would give this? Oh gosh, I think that I would give this film four and a half, five out of five stars because, you know, even though that I'm 14 now and I probably first watched this film when I was like seven maybe I still really enjoyed it and it provided a lot of entertainment for me um I also think another thing that I really like about this film is how like relatable it is it's very like soft and whimsical and really fun and I think that the whole family could definitely watch it awesome Mm -hmm. 
And I think that the emotion in this film is very lighthearted. I also think something that was a little bit confusing for me when I was younger. I mean, it's not confusing for me now that I'm older, but it was also something that was confusing for my little brother was um, when like the people's house was getting t taken over by like the Nazis. And my brother was so confused because he was like, didn't understand what was going on. So I think that would be something that younger kids might need to be explained a little bit more about. Uh, ignorance is bliss. <laughs> You're listening to Voice America Kids Network. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and today we are reviewing Bedknobs and Broomsticks, and also we will be talking with our special Kids First Film Critic guest, Blake Hawes. So right now we're talking about Bedknobs and Broomsticks, and I was just saying how I thought this film was really good, and I really like it a lot. So what do you think of the acting? Oh, I thought the acting was fantastic. Um, like I said, Angela Lansbury was a classic actress in her time, and she did a fantastic job. Also, the younger kids did a really good job as well, and I think my favorite character would have to be Miss Price, played by Angela Lansbury, because she was such a strong leading lady, and in the beginning of the film, she seemed like this really isolated woman, like she wouldn't really be fitting to... Um, to help like raise these kids and take care of them until they could go home but then she ended up being so adoring and just really caring and fantastic hmm. it sounds sort of like mary poppins it is a lot like mary poppins the whole style of it the cinematography um the only thing is that like she's not this amazing nanny she's sort of this misfit witch that is on a level one of being an apprentice witch. And, you know, she, she can't even fly a broomstick properly and she hardly knows any spells. So she, she uses even... a bed instead. Yes, she uses a bed. It's hilarious. So that was what I thought was funny. So it is a lot like Mary Poppins in the sense of the acting and the whole storyline. So um, what about the children? Uh, the Obviously their emotion had to be uh, confused about what was going on, confused, scared, all that. Uh, so how do you think the uh, children actors did? Oh, I thought the children were fantastic. But on the contrary, they weren't exactly confused or scared. They were just sort of angry that they had to go live with this woman. And they were sort of poking fun at her, like, oh, I don't want to go there. And then when they realized that she was a witch, because they saw her trying to fly her broomstick, instead of being scared or fearful, they almost used that against her. And they were like, well, if you don't let us do whatever we want, we're going to tell everyone that you're a witch. And so I thought that was a funny twist of, on how they took that and how their emotion was finding out about her being a witch. Well, that does seem a bit unrealistic because if you saw somebody trying to fly around in the sky on a broomstick, I would be a little bit freaked out. I think I would be a little bit scared too. I just thought it was funny how they did not such a cliche take on how kids would react if they found out that they were in the hands of a witch. And it's funny because she's she seems nothing like a witch. Like, um... And the boy is like, well, how do I know that you're actually a witch and that that wasn't just like a mechanical broomstick? And she says, well, I'm going to turn you into a toad if you don't believe me. And he's like, fine, I don't believe you. Turn me into a toad. So she tries to turn him into a toad, but he turns into a rabbit instead. And so it's just very funny. She's so clueless on how to be a witch. It's hilarious. Oh, dear. This sounds like a very good movie. Yeah, it's fantastic. I think it's really good. And another funny thing is the whole reason that they're flying around on these broomsticks, I mean, not broomsticks, beds, um, is because she's trying to become a full witch. She's trying to become like a top-notch witch so that she can do all of these spells. But in order to do that, she has to go to her professor 
and her professor ends up not being as fantastic as she expected him to be. He's actually just a street magician, and so she's a little bit let down when she goes and finds him, but they end up going on this like crazy adventure with the kids to try to find this um, uh, the missing half to this book that is supposed to have all of these spells to help her become a level one witch, or I mean a top-notch witch, and so it was really cool that they went on this huge adventure together. Sounds pretty awesome. So what kind of spells do they use? Is it like the classic um, uh, witch, witchy spells, you know, like turn you into a toad, all that stuff? Or do they use more, uh, or do they use a more creative sorts of spells? Like, you know, just different stuff. Well, they were sort of classic spells. I mean, she tried to do classic things, making things fly, um, turning people into toads and rabbits and things like that. But instead of being like hocus pocus, turn into a frog or whatever, the spell sounded like Latin, which was kind of cool. Hmm. And um, so I thought that was really cool. And it's just a fantastic, fantastic movie. And I recommend it to everyone, all ages. I think everyone will get entertainment out of this. Well, it looks like we're out of time. Sam, thanks for talking with this movie to me. Um, I'm Raven Devaney from Kids First Coming Attractions, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. This year's Kids First Film Critics Search Campaign launches September 1st and runs through the end of November. Kids ages 6 to 14 can enter for a chance to compete for eight coveted slots as Kids First Film Critics. To enter, kids need to submit a videotaped review of one of the official search campaign films or DVDs. Public voting determines the 20 finalists, and a panel of celebrity judges determines the winners. Last year, more than 11 million votes were cast for fewer than 100 contestants. To date, some of the exciting assignments covered by the Kids First film critics include a week-long film critics boot camp at the Walt Disney Studios, the red carpet premiere of Winnie the Pooh, sneak preview coverage of films like Cars 2, Judy Moody, and The Not Bummer Summer, with coverage on AOL Kids, Voice America Kids, and Working Mother. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org or on the Kids First Facebook page. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org or the Kids First Facebook page. And hurry, you only have until the end of November to enter. Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the fame game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the fame game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. The Terrence Rogers Show will take the world by storm. The topics are sometimes newsworthy, sometimes personal, as we explore fashion, entertainment, art, and more. Host Terrence Rogers has seen a lot of life experience in his few years of life. It's this experience that allows him to bring a fresh perspective to the table, and he holds nothing back. 
Tune in to The Terrence Rogers Show every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Kids channel. You'll laugh, cry, and most importantly, this show will reach out and touch your life. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another movie is coming up. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. Today, we are going to be talking with our special guest, Blake Hawes, who is the finalist in the new Kids First Film Critic Search. So, Blake, how are you today? Why don't you tell us, you know, where you're coming from? I, I am very good. Uh, today was a great day in Hawaii. Nice, nice and breezy. I just got back home from school to tune into your guys' awesome interviews. <laughs> Or reviews. Well, thank you. So what part of Hawaii are you coming from? I'm from Kailua. It's a small town on Oahu. It's very... Awesome. Yeah, it's it's pretty... It's really nice here. The beach is close. The town is close. You could pretty much walk anywhere. It's, I'm loving life. That's awesome. I would love to live <laughs> in Hawaii. So this is sort of a random question, but what time is it in Hawaii right now? Right now it is... Uh, 3.54 p.m., so I'm, I'm pretty sure you, it's much later for you guys. Yeah, it's yes, around it 6 for us. Later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself? How old are you? You know, what are your interests? What are things like that? Okay, well, I am 14 years old, and I, I love movies, especially. They're, they're definitely my passion. I, I can't wait to be a part of this maybe possibly but you know and i like to play lacrosse lacrosse is a, my favorite sport and awesome game awesome yeah, game there we yeah, go i love lacrosse <laughs> nice sorry it's a siren if you guys can hear that yes we can yeah. a, definitely emergency somewhere i live i live close to the fire station so it gets pretty lo- noisy so oh, yeah at least this I person understand. is getting help you know yeah. Um, so, so Blake, I have a question for you. What do you most look forward to if you become a film critic this year? Probably just meeting all the amazing people that make the movies happen. I, I love the behind the scenes crew and I love, I love just the whole idea of movies mm-hmm. in Hollywood. It'll be a great experience if I win. Yeah. So Sam and Gabriella, could you tell Blake a little bit about what your favorite experience or favorite part of being a film critic has been? Well, I'd have to say that uh, my favorite part is uh, all these opportunities that you get. Um, Unfortunately, I wasn't able to use them, Uh, but let's hope that you are. Uh, But there are uh, there are so many uh, great things that you can possibly do. Like I uh, might have been able to go and meet Johnny Depp, but I had to play the bad guy in the school play. Um, But there are so many amazing things that uh, that you uh, get uh, access to that most people could only dream of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
my favorite experience was when I went on um, the world premiere for the movie War Horse. I went on the red carpet. So I got to meet a bunch of the stars in the movie. And it was really cool because um, a few days later, I got to go to an advanced screening of the movie. And I was like, oh, my God, I just saw the people in the movie. And um, I also... Well, I didn't get to interview Steven Spielberg, but he was like right next to me like twice. But wow. besides that, I really like um, reviewing all of the movies I get to see. Um, I get to go to um, a lot of advanced screenings and on the weekends I can attend some um, new movies and I even get to interview some other stars. Cool. Yeah, Spielberg's my hero. You, I think that's really lucky of you to get to be close to him. Mm -hmm. Sounds awesome. I think probably my favorite part of being a film critic for this past year is, you know, like Gabriella said, getting to go to advanced screenings is really cool. But I remember for my first interview, I had to interview um, the actor who plays the main character in Diary of a Wimpy Kid, and I had to interview him over the phone for 10 minutes and I was trembling. I was like so afraid. I didn't think I could do it. I was panicking and it was so fun. And then when I got over that, I was like, oh, that was so fun. I can't wait to do my next over the phone interview. And then I actually got to interview stars in person. And it was such a cool experience, but my all time favorite experience would have to be when I got to go to the Harry Potter red carpet DVD release in Orlando at the Harry Potter theme park. And I got to have a one-on-one -on -one interview, also a red carpet interview with Rupert Grint, who plays Ron. And I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. <laughs> I envy I like, you. I envy you, Raven. I really do. Yeah, that was, that was such a cool experience. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so Blake, obviously, you know, you love movies if you want to be a film critic. And also being a film critic, you are going to see so many movies. So do you think you have a favorite genre of film that you like? Um, you know, that's the great thing. That's one of the reasons why I love movies is no matter what the genre is, I will, if it's a really good movie and really well done, then I will love that movie. You mm -hmm. know, I don't have a particular genre. I'm open to any kind of genre at all. Mm -hmm. yeah. You are listening to Voice America Kids Network. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and today we are talking with our special guest, which is Blake Haas, who is one of the Kids First Film Critic finalists this year. Um, so... Sam and Gabriella, why don't you tell me a little bit about what your favorite genres of movies are, or if you have a favorite film? Uh, well, personally, I am a Star Wars and Lord of the Rings freak. Uh, I absolutely am obsessed with those movies, and uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, too. But So, yeah, I'd have to say that sort of action-adventure with a touch of comedy sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. Classic movies. Movie, the, probably those movies are... A definition of movie, you know, they got. I know, right? Action, adventure, everything, great dialogue, yeah. quotables, they, all yeah, over. They, they basically, they basically have everything in them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, Gabriella, what do you think your favorite movies would probably be? Um, I enjoy all kinds of genres. I don't have a particular favorite one, but I do like um comedy, romance, adventure, <clears throat> action. Um, I also like thriller, although we don't really review many movies that are um, suspenseful. And I think one of my most favorite movies is Cinema Paradiso. It's an old movie, though. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've never heard of it. It sounds interesting, though, just by the title. Yeah. Gosh, yeah. I think my favorite genre would probably have to be comedy because I like to laugh. But I also really like horror films and, like, suspense and thrillers and things like that. Because I don't look at scary movies like, oh, my gosh, it's so scary. I, I look at them very critically. And I'm very critical when I'm watching films. So I'll go to see Paranormal Activity or, like, Saw or something like that. And my friends will be freaking out. And I'll be like you know, that's, that's totally fake. It wouldn't happen. Yeah. This happened and that's, that went wrong. And so, you know, I'm very critical like that. Mm. And I always joke that if like a horror film actually happened in real life, I would probably be one of the only people that survived because everybody else <laughs> in horror films have no idea what's going on, but yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. Whenever I watch those things, um, I like so. to think, you know, how did they make that special effect? I don't think about this. I don't think about, you know, like, Oh my God, that's so creepy anymore. I just think, Hmm, I wonder how they did that. I wonder what kind of technology was involved in making this gigantic monster eat that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things that's so great about becoming a film critic. And Blake, I know that if you become a film critic, you'll definitely be able to experience this. But it's being able to have critical thinking when you're watching media or f- movies or um you know, any type of media, whether it's magazines or books or video games, computer games, anything like that, because instead of just seeing it as mindless entertainment, you're actually thinking deeper because you're more exposed to what goes on behind the scenes and something that's, you know, deeper than just, oh, yeah, that's funny or, oh, that's sad or things like that. So, Blake, how did you get, how did you hear about this um, film critic search? Well, my aunt um, that actually worked on a movie about, how five years ago around there um was i i told her she knows that i'm very interested in movies and that i would love to work in the business someday that one day she just sent an email to me and i i took this opportunity and i i really wanted to i really wanted this cool so blake when you say that you really want to work in the film industry do you think um that you would want to work in front of the camera or behind camera and behind scenes I honestly, I'm most imp- impressed by the stuff that goes on behind the scenes. I would love to be a producer or just a visionary director that, you know, sees how everything is when you're making a movie. So that's the thing I'm most interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was younger, you know, and even to this day, like all I wanted to do with my life and all I still want to do with my life is become an actress. And I'm, like, so obsessed with doing that. But when I was younger, before I became, like, a critic, uh, just, like, last year, I had no idea about any of the stuff that went on behind the scenes or how important that is. And that that is, you know, the main part of making a film. It's not the acting or things like that. It's the directors and the writers and the people that coordinate everything. And now that I've been able to see how important that stuff really is, it gives me a deeper appreciation for all of the work that goes into films. Yeah, and I've been um, an extra on several movies, and there, and that really taught me to appreciate one thing, and that is patience. These people are, I mean, these actors have to be so incredibly patient because they just do take after take after take after take after take. It's ridiculous. Um, so, Blake, why don't you tell me a little bit more about your aunt and what film that you worked on? Okay, well, she, uh, I, I'm from Oregon, so I moved to Hawaii about three years ago. And my aunt was working in a town called Manzanita, and she was filming a movie there with actually a, a close friends of our family called Tillamook Treasure. And that movie was about uh, about this girl that 
finds this treasure and she wants to find more about it. It was just a really like fun time. Did good at film festivals. Just great thing to be a part of as a kid. So that's awesome. That sounds so exciting. Yeah. Well, it looks like we're out of time. Blake, I wish you so much luck for becoming a film critic and I hope you get it. It's such a great opportunity and I know we're all, you know, supporting you and wishing you the best of luck. Thank you so much for joining us. You've been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. You can experience more Kids First fun, watch our film reviews, and see your favorite up-and-coming film critics by going to www.kidsfirst.org. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, signing out, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. Thank you. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know what to see. And speaking of see, we'll see you again next week. Bye.